All right. All right. Welcome back to Girls Talk Football. I'm your host, Tiffany, with my co-host, French and Craig. Thank you guys for covering the Colts the other day, too, as well. We had a blast doing it. Thank you for letting us cover it. We got big shoes to fill. (laughs) Um, Well, today we are going to do a combo because I thought this would be fun because we know how much French hates the Titans and absolutely loves the Jaguars. And they're in the same division. So I figured it'd be fun to do a double episode today. Um, I know really quick, though, I want to talk about, um, which actually the Jaguars did a protest today. Yeah, uh, they started it at 9.04 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. because of the area code is 9.04 up there. Um, and they walked from the Jag Stadium to the police station. Yeah, I saw the uh, video. Mackenzie actually tagged me in that on Facebook. Um, but, no, I saw it for sure. I watched about a good, like, 10 minutes of it. Um, when I was at work today, um, while I was in the bathroom, I wasn't taking 10 minutes out of my work time to watch it. Um, <laughs> I should make that clear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, um, I watched it today and they were in Duval County. Uh, multiple players, uh, stepped up and spoke. And I believe they're, I honestly believe that they said was Josh Lambeau, their, uh, kicker actually was one of the people that was leading it, which I thought was really cool too. But, um, I mean, honestly, the Jaguars are probably gonna be one of, Every single team some, some doing some sort of um, protest, march, nothing violent, but just to let them know, like, hey, the NFL is trying to be heard with this. Yeah. Um, well, and I did see, obviously, I'm sure you guys talked about this on the other day, but right. obviously the big talk going on, too, is this whole thing with Drew Brees, and I saw that he sent out another apology uh, yeah, and I saw too that like Michael Thomas is star wide receiver. Um, some said this apology, but too, but I, we've seen fans like burn his jersey, burn his jersey say f you. They say they needs he needs to retire. And... Well, that's the thing too. What me, me, and Craig were talking about on Tuesday was Drew Brees, in my opinion, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game, and we just hope this doesn't tarnish his his reputation, his career, which I don't, I don't think he should deserve it at all. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, a bunch of players did a video saying that we will not be silenced. And they all said, I am George Floyd. I am um, Ahmed. I am Brianna. I am Trayvon Martin. They did all yeah. those people, too, as well. So, um, Okay, so today I know is going to be a fun and pretty heated, yes. I'm sure. Um, episode because we are talking about the Titans and the Jags. Um, so as the Titans were actually originated, um, they were the Houston Oilers and they got moved to Nashville and they are now the Tennessee Titans. Um, and then the Jaguars have been around for how long? Uh, they were announced as a franchise in 1993. They started playing their first regular season in uh, 1995, just a year before I was uh, born. There you go. Um, and they joined as expansion teams in 1995. So, um, so on the Titans end, we'll start off with the Titans really quick. Um, I know I was actually looking forward to looking up the Titans, but they're kind of boring because they basically are playing pretty much everyone that they had playing last season, this season, the same starting roster. Which, yeah, which I seems to be the, like, the thing. Like, you know, you look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs haven't really done a whole lot in the offseason. I mean, obviously, the Titans lost to the Chiefs um, 
in the AFC Championship. But I make sense. A team who's successful at that with the roster they have is not going to do much, a lot of changing. I mean, obviously they have draft picks they're going to pick up, obviously. But uh, the biggest thing for me was, I think, Brian Tannehill being given that contract extension. Yeah, he re-signed a four-year, $118 million contract. And um, they said that he's a catalyst for the turnaround from last year, you know, because they had a 2-4 start, and he brought them into the playoffs, and he finished with uh, just under 3,000 yards and 22 touchdowns in 10 games. And he also led in passer rating and yards per completion and was second in completion percentage. Hmm. Yeah, no, um, as much as I hate Tennessee, um, I also am a football fan, so I got to give respect where it's where credit, give credit where it's due. Um, yeah, I feel that I feel they bitch Mariota for Ron Tannehill. Obviously, I guarantee the Tennessee organization had to move on from Tan- Mar- Mariota. Uh, the fans are probably tired of Marcus Mariota too, which hence he's no longer in Tennessee anymore. Um, maybe Ryan. T- I mean, he was like a good quarterback, not good. I will say, let's say decent, decent quarterback in Miami. Nothing crazy. Nothing special, but he definitely turned the season around to from a nine seven times team, being the Patriots on the road to beating the Baltimore Ravens on the road to, to losing to the Chiefs. I mean, look, that's that's hard to do, but I feel like New England's pretty much checked out in the first that first round of the playoffs last year, um, and then being the Titans too, which I mean, being the uh, excuse me Ravens. Um, I think he was a he was a little diamond in the rough kind of thing, but I just don't see I just don't see. He reminds me of Blake Bortles, so I don't I don't think Ryan Tannehill is gonna carry this team for the next five six years and be a dominant team. I just I just don't see it. It's too much money. Yeah, I think it's too much money. Way That's why it's way too much money. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they just put their franchise tag too on Derrick Henry, who ended last season with the NFL's rushing title with a total of one thousand five hundred forty yards, um, with a league leading three hundred three carries. Plus 83 more in the playoffs. Yeah, which Derrick Henry deserves that franchise tag. Um, see, my thought with Derrick Henry was, okay, Derrick Henry isn't really anything until he plays the Jags. When he plays the Jags, that's when he decides to be a all-pro, pro bowl or Hall of Fame, right? that. Which, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the Jags, I don't know. Even when the Jags were the AFC Championship years ago, the Tides still beat them twice, and still Derrick Henry still ran all over them. Um... But no, he's for real. Um, he is very, very, very for real. Um, I, I should say, I have a weird thing about the Titans. I hate the Titans organization, but I got respect for some of these players. And Derrick Henry, I got respect for because I think he's came a long way from when he first came to the league. Because everybody who's a big running back reminded, you know, of Steven Jackson back in the day, Craig. But like, I, 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 I think he started really, he turned the corner really hard last year. And I think, I just, I do think, I do believe in Derrick Henry as a running back. I think he'll continue on. Breaking these, the the, uh, the uh, franchise break, breaking franchise records, being a top five running back in the league. I just if it comes to Titans, like I have faith. Okay, I'm just kind of from my I hope I don't. I want to have faith in them. God forbid. But if I was looking from a bird's eye view from an NFL perspective, the only thing I would want to have really faith with is their maybe some parts of the defense, but ultimately their quarterback situation with Ryan Tannehill. Because I don't think he's a long term solution. Um, well, and another thing that, too, they also brought on Vic Beasley from the uh, Falcons. Falcons. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, he's he a had beast. eight sacks last season, 
which was the most that he's totaled since leading the NFL with uh, 15 and a half in 2016. So they also said that as long as he can continue with the trend in the right direction, that he could become a double-digit sack guy um, and hopefully take pressure off of Harold Landry, who they said struggled after Wake went on injured reserve last season. Yeah, no, Vic Beasley was a great um, addition um, to uh, the to Tennessee defense. Sorry about that. I had a very tired. Um, yeah, uh, he was a very good uh, defensive personnel in Atlanta. Um, I, I I think the Tennessee, I, just, I mean, if we're talking about the times right now here, they are going to try to make a run for it again next year. I just think with, like, well, we talked about Phil Rivers. We don't know if he's going to be a special addition. I mean, he's better than Jacoby Brissa, but, I mean, I don't know. He makes the AFC South a little more competitive. So, this division is going to be a little more competitive next year than it is last year as we're well, running up the team. banking, too, on Tannehill because um, their backup quarterbacks aren't really anyone that I think a lot of people are familiar with. They're both seventh-round draft picks. Right. And, too, I mean – um, as well to Corey Davis, um, who's wide receiver for them. I mean, he's, he, I think, and, you know, he's a good receiver and everything, but I mean, um, Delaney Walker got, got let go. Was a good tight end for Tennessee. Um, I don't know. I just don't, see, if you're looking from an AFC South bird's eye view, I don't see them making a, uh, I just don't know if I see them being out East in this year. If we're talking about the Tennessee Titans, I don't know if you agree with that or not, Craig. No, I mean, I don't think, I just don't see them getting anywhere near where they got last year. I just don't see it happening. I don't either. And the the problem, I, I mean, I don't see. I I'm weird about these guys because I they for some reason games win games they shouldn't win. They they got somewhere last year in the playoffs where nobody ever thought they were gonna get. So my thing on with the Tennessee Titans is like I agree I don't think they're winning the division this year, but um but um I yeah I just don't know how that they're gonna get where they are I just know the Titans from last year this year they're still gonna be decent I think they'll still maybe I'm saying maybe get a wild card spot but I think there's some teams that are coming around the corner and the rest of the AFC when it comes to the playoff picture who are gonna be a lot more competitive than the Titans so. This is where the Titans remind me of the 2017 Jaguars, where you know they went Jaguars went 10-6, made it to the AC Championship. Titans were 9-7, made it to the AC Championship. Um, lost to very good teams the game before the Super Bowl, um, and they're they remind me of that team. They're 9-7, 10-6, kind of same route when it comes to the um, same kind of above a little above average record, but. I just, I maybe, I just see kind of a drop off coming out with next year. That's my opinion with Tennessee when it comes to their twenty twenty season. I see a drop off. Yeah. Not like I'm not saying they're gonna lose every single game, but I don't. I think they're gonna go like maybe they'll go like seven nine. I think they'll kind of flip it a little bit. They're gonna be competing for sure with Indianapolis for second or third place. So I think you'll see one of those two teams in second or third, and I think Houston's the clear front runner. But uh, I, I'd have to think that the Colts have the leg up this year. I, I can't quite explain how Tennessee got as far as they did last year. Um, really, it was really it was. And sometimes you get in, you get this thing in the NFL where 
you change a quarterback and the team gets hot, you know, they get re-motivated, re-inspired and things like that. So if I, if I remember correctly, he filled in for Mariota after six games, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, my bad. Six games. Yeah, you're right. All right. So the team got off to like a two and four start and then he came in and he kind of reignited everything. So he had a hot hand and they developed some momentum and Derrick Henry played lights out, but uh, that doesn't always carry over through the off season to the following season. So do you think that same kind of thing goes for Gardner Minshew? Because uh, I mean, obviously he didn't do, he's like, Oh gosh. He, obviously he didn't do as good as um, Tannehill did obviously, but you know, a lot of people were behind Gardner Minshew. You know, he had the whole Minshew mania and the whole stand wearing Minshew shirts, sunglasses, and mustaches. And now the Jags are like the projected worst team in the league. So let me preface by saying that I'm a Gardner, Gardner Minshew fan. I love Gardner Minshew. Um, but he is the perfect guy for what they're doing. And a lot of times what happens is when a team goes into rebuild mode, which they've been in for a while and they tried to remedy that with Nick Foles last year. So here's what I think is going to happen. They have this guy that's a fan favorite. People are going to love him even if they lose. And it's enough to keep them selling tickets and to keep from letting their fans down when they know they're going to finish in last place and they're going to basically tank for that number one pick next year in order to get the quarterback that they want for the next 10, 15 years. That's what I think this amounts to. I think that Gardner Minshew, if he plays well, I still don't think they plan on surrounding him with enough guys to where he's going to win some games. He might earn himself a job someplace else, and French will officially have to uh, get a new pledge of allegiance <laughs> or switch teams. What would I can't do that? Listen, I'm way ahead of myself oh, on that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Side note, what would you do if Josh Allen had a career ending injury and Gardner Minshew went to the Bills? Uh, we know that I'll be Bills fan wasn't a Jags fan. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I know, I know exactly what I, I, I. I don't know, man, dude. I hate my dad for making me a Jags fan. It's I don't know. It's just, oh, God. I screwed myself. I shot the pooch when I got the Jags logo tattooed on my chest. <laughs> and that was after the 2017 year, which, honestly, the Jags fan, it was like, holy shit. They're, 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 it's like, okay, when you had the 2017 season and you go back to the last good season they had was in 2008 when – when they lost this, when they lost to the Patriots in the divisional round with David Garrard. And um and um that was this like ten year drought, dude, nine, ten year drought. And you get to twenty seventeen, you're like, Oh my god, like you're looking at yourself as a Jags fan, like, Oh my gosh, there is a God, like there is hope in this ugly world. And you know what they do, Craig and Tiffany? What? They break your heart. <laughs> because you get a freaking Jax tattoo tattooed on you. And then they go back to shit. And garbage. That's what they come to. That 2018 year after the good year was horrible. It felt like my heart was broken. The joy you're going to have 
should my prediction play out next year, your joy won't come. I mean, this year, your joy won't come this year watching that team implode. But for the next 10 years, if you guys get your guy, you're you're not going to care what happened to Gardner Minshew. I promise you that. So do you, okay, but this is the Jazz history. They've had horrible quarterback mismanagement. Now let's talk about it here for a second. They have a, I don't know, I want, I want to call Mark Brunel Hall of Famer, maybe Jaguars Hall of Famer, but when they had him in their early, late 90s, early two, late 90s, early 2000s, and like, man, Jaguars, when they first came to the league after a few years, they, they were badass. I mean, their 1919 year, 1999 year, when they went 14 2 and lost the AFC Championship, I mean, God, that was like, that, that was Jaguars' pinnacle. You know, when they had that, when they had Fred Taylor, they had, um, uh, Derek, um, Keenan McCardell, uh, Jimmy Smith, Mark Brunelli. Mean, that was like that year. Don't forget Tony Baselli. Tony Baselli should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's been snubbed. Um, but um, then you go into like, I mean, you kind of have Mark Brunelli getting traded after that in like 03. And then you have them drafted by and left, which, which by and left had a big arm, but his mechanics were just so off. And I don't think he was a feature. And then you, it, dude. This whole Jaguars mismanagement started when David Garrett got released, okay? And then they brought in the worst decision. Another guy who had long blonde hair, they blamed Gabbert. <laughs> so that's when it all started, in my opinion. And they had some shitty-ass quarterbacks, you know, like five, six different quarterbacks. Like, anyway, from a Luke McCown to the Chad Henning. Like, those were starting quarterbacks for the Jaguars in the early 2010s. Here's the great news, though. The great news is, if my prediction holds true, if they tank for Trevor Lawrence, you you will not have your coach back next year either. They're gonna start. No, they're I'll... gonna start over. And what's gonna happen is before the season starts, they're gonna trade away Lennon Fournette. They're gonna try to get money for him, and you know, it, as far as money, I mean, like uh, compensation. They're gonna try to get compensation for him whether it be draft picks or another player before he loses value. He's injury prone, a disappointment. He has questionable character. Isn't the best locker room guy. He's a good player, but he's very high risk and hasn't been, hasn't had the reward to go with that. So on the offense, he's underperforming for sure. He's underperforming. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have a high risk, high reward guy, and he has everything in his toolbox necessary to be a high reward, but it's not actually coming to anything. Nothing's coming to fruition. And the production hasn't uh, merited his his high risk at this point. So they're going to they're going to have a fire sale, in my opinion, throughout the year up until the trade deadline. They're going to get rid of a couple all pro defensive players. If you ask me, am I breaking your heart yet? Because this is, this well, is likely going to happen. Well, and you know, I feel like a lot of like, even in Gawkway, you know, that's French's Jersey that he has. And, you know, he had a lot of problems with the Jaguars mm-hmm. franchise, you know, too, as well. And he didn't even want to be, no, there. he doesn't want to be there and he's still on the block and it's, it's actually yeah. surprising that some of these guys looking for somebody on the edge haven't picked them up. There's a lot of teams that are in, in the market for a guy like that and willing to pay him. You know, he could pretty much go to any of these Jadavion Clowney suitors, 
Um, he could go to the Jets or the Eagles or the Titans or or the Browns or, you know, there's a number of places he could go. And mm-hmm. he is the cornerstone of that defense out, you know, if you ask me, when it comes to the line and the linebackers. Right. I mean, but I do believe on that side of the ball, if we're talking about defense, I believe that, you know, I think Josh Allen on that side, if you agree, is going to be do, – do you believe in the potential Josh Allen has? Do you think he's a, an, a pro bowler outside linebacker defensive end rusher? Because when he got drafted by, by Jaguars last year, by the seventh round out of Kentucky, I was like, ah, man. I was like, I don't know if we need him. Because we already had, like, Clayus Campbell and Gakwe. I mean, we have Miles Jack. I mean, Telvin Smith is a freaking shit show. Um, so I was, like, kind of confused on that because I want TJ Hawkinson from Iowa as a tight end for Nick Foles coming to the draft. But now I totally – I am wrong. I proved myself wrong because I do believe that Josh Allen was a very good defensive first-round pick last year. I think I think that he's going to be just fine. I mean, you don't, so. you don't rack up 10-plus sacks without talent. And he could very well yeah. be – who they're counting on. And you guys did sign um, as far as the linebacking core, Joe Schobert, who will always be yeah. a fan favorite in Cleveland. Uh, he is that classic underdog white collar, smart guy plays every down. Like it's his last. You're going to love him and pairing him up uh, with miles. Jack will hopefully bring the best out of miles. I don't think you've seen his best uh, in his five years there. And, he wasn't down, man. He wasn't down. And, you know, the as far as your secondary goes, um, you definitely got some question marks there. Yeah, I mean, the defense is definitely rebuilding mode. But, I mean, you think about it, man. Three years ago, they were a, a once-in-a-lot-time decade defense, you know? I mean, dude, you think about that. Like, the defense they had, they had anybody from Malik Jackson, Nicholas Campbell, and Godquay, Tom Smith, Miles Jack, Paul Pazlesny. You had Bouye and Ramsey on the outside. Then you had Church and Gibson on the – dude, that was a great defense. And it sucks that, like, it went to complete shit and then they just, just pawned and they just started getting, just shedding skin, getting rid of these players. Hey, you're preaching to the choir. My Browns had the best offense in probably NFL history on paper and couldn't put seven wins together. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're, yeah, we're kind of – Opposite sides of the ball. It's disheartening. Right. It's tough to watch because you're like, man, if all these guys could just, you know, play as a team and, you know, who knows what goes on when there's that many egos in the room. You know, hopefully there's some solidarity and some fraternity there. But, uh, you know, the the Jaguars, I think that they're going to shed their skin this year. Um, I don't believe that NFL teams purposely try to lose, but I do believe that they will manipulate the team's performance through roster management um, in order to get what they want. So I, I do think that with Trevor Lawrence being probably the best prospect out of college since Andrew Luck and before Andrew Luck, probably Peyton Manning, um, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to be okay with being able to pick him up. But let's, let's talk about, let's talk about the what if now. Let's talk about the other side. I'm a big Gardner, Gardner Minshew believer. Uh, okay. I, when, 
When David Garr got released and they brought in Blaine Gabbert, that was the one that, that's a horrible decision. And for some reason, Blaine Gabbert's still in the NFL. Um, then you drafted Blake Bortles, which I, when he got drafted in 2014, I didn't really know much about him. I didn't, I mean, I know that he came out of UCF. He actually did not get that much quarterback offers coming into college. He actually got more tight end offers than quarterback. I think the only two, I think the only two schools that, that, that offered him a quarterback position was like Tulane and UCF, which I think he did phenomenal at UCF. Blake Bortles, when we talked about the other night, it's a shame that his talent that he didn't get to go his full potential talent. Because I think he had a lot more than people offered. I just think Jackson, him going to Jacksonville did, just screwed him. Now now he's gone. Now he's currently a free agent right now after being back up the Rams last year. But let's talk about this. I mean, Tiff knows how I feel about the Jags. Mm-hmm. She obviously knows how I feel. But we'll say if Gardner Mitch, what the Jaguars go 8-8? Eight and eight? What if they don't tank? I mean, if you watch... If you go on YouTube and talk about Colin Coward, Gardner Minshew, Colin Coward goes over a, a workout video with Gardner Minshew. Dude, Gardner Minshew is looking jacked. Jacked, excuse me. He has thick legs. A good yeah, size. he's huge. He looks huge. Like, he, he's 6'1". I'm guaranteeing you, dude, he's weighing like 225 right now. He looks jacked. Um, he was actually down here in Naples for two and a half months training with a fellow Jaguars from Naples. Um, he spent every day at the high school here. Um, or weight room. So he is looking phenomenal from an outside perspective. And his ball accuracy is insane. I mean, I'm not now, now I'm not trying to compare this, but now I'm not trying to get too up myself, but Brady was a six round pick coming out of Michigan, okay? Mm-hmm. Garden Michigan was a six round pick coming out of Washington State. You just never know. You never know. And he really did have a solid season. Last year, for, for what, when he was allowed to play, for what circumstances? Yeah. With that being said, I think I think that fate is set in motion, and if he's having a baller season, take for example Brian Hoyer had the Browns at seven and four, top of the AFC North. Um, fans say, "Fuck that guy," put in Johnny Manziel because he had one or two bad quarters of play. You right. know. He's not somebody that should be benched, but the long-term goal got pushed too far towards the present to where they take action on it. The point I'm getting at is if Gardner Minshew, let's say the Jaguars have a great start to the season and going into the trade deadline, they're six and three, but they still don't want Gardner Minshew as the franchise quarterback they may trade him while his value is higher than ever because even if they're not going to get the first pick in the draft they may try to trade up there i know this is a lot of speculation but i don't think they believe in gardner Minshew. i believe in him more than they do you believe in him more than they do Where do you think is the best fit for Gardner Minshew? Because I know you saw that post that someone did that said that based on, like, quarterbacks' personalities and all that stuff, where they fit in and what teams, and they said that Gardner Minshew fit perfect at Jacksonville. So where do you think he would best fit if he wasn't in Jacksonville? Um, You know, it comes down to – and I think they're working off of like stereotypes, like the Raiders are supposed to be bad boys, you know, the 
The Steelers are supposed to be blue collar. The Jaguars, it's short shorts and sunglasses and mustaches. You know, I think I, in, in full disclosure, I don't like Colin Coward at all. So chances no, are I'm not going to agree with him on much. But I think Gardner Minshew excels in a place like New England or possibly even, you know, he could be, he could be an asset. I hate, I hate saying guys should go to Chicago or Detroit because, you know, quarterbacks go to die there, you know, but it's hard for me to say, I think he would be a good fit somewhere where he's probably not going to be successful. You know, uh, new England would be a great spot for him. Um, there's a lot of Tennessee could be a great spot for him. Uh, if Ryan Tannehill underperforms, I didn't think about that before I said that. I'm sorry, French. Um, you know, uh, Denver would be a great spot for him. If drew lock doesn't work out, there's, there's places out there. I, I mean, I just, do you think he's, do you think he's, no matter where, no matter what specific, no matter where he's at right now, do you think he's a starting yes. NFL quarterback? Without a doubt. I don't even okay. think it's a question. I think okay. he has starter talent. His, he's got 14 games in, 21 touchdowns to six interceptions, which, which is an outstanding ratio. Uh, he could do without the 10 fumbles, um, but he's completing over yeah. 60% of his passes through for 3,200 yards, quarterback rating over 90. You know, that is for what one season's worth, which isn't a whole lot to go off of. I say yes, because normally you have 32 teams and there's maybe 15 to 20 starting caliber quarterbacks in the league. I would say he, if if you lined up all the starting quarterbacks right now, one after another, I think he's probably in the top 20, maybe top 25, but he's certainly not beyond that 32 number no yeah no i i know i agree i agree i agree i mean this is my stance dude because like i don't know man because if jaguars released him and he goes somewhere else and balls out and they get trevor lawrence dude i don't know like trevor lawrence is great but he'd come in there and just not be an nfl quarterback We've seen with Tim Tebow. We thought, you know, Kim College. Yeah, Tebow's... I heard people talking about that, too, the other yeah. day, how there's, you know, players that play great in college, but then when they come into the NFL, I mean, it's a whole different ball game, kind of, essentially. But, I mean, Tebow's office is a lot different than what he has in the NFL. But, anyway, Tebow, Tim Tebow, in my opinion, is top, ten, top five most talented college football player Were, ever did, did you um, – let me ask you this, not to get off track. Did you honestly think that he was an NFL-caliber quarterback? No, but under the right circumstances, he would have been. I knew his mechanics were not a hundred percent yet, and Urban Meyer's offense, his those years when he was at Florida, was a lot. Is not as a spread offense, so it's not going to be a pro style. I knew he wasn't going to be a, a pocket passer, but dude, I mean, he deserved the chance. I mean, he beat the Steelers his rookie year in the first round of the playoffs in overtime. Like, come on, like on a dime pass on the post route, dude. It was sick. Come on, I mean. I I love Tim Tebow. I wish he would. I wish he got more. Of a, I wish he got more chances. But, um, I I thought he I thought he could be an NFL starter. Not like not like the best one, but I thought he could. But I mean, I don't. My thing is here is with the with the guard with Gardner Minshew is that like, I don't know. There's got to be something that happens, and I I mean, 
dude, honestly, man, if he goes somewhere else, I say that he, he the Jaguars go eight and eight, okay, and they decide whatever. We're not, we don't want Gardner Minshew. It doesn't seem like a typical guy. Then they go on, trade him. He starts somewhere else. They get Trevor Lawrence, and they just suck, dude. I'm, I'm sorry. Like at that point, as a fan, like I'm, I've had enough. I don't know if I can be a fan of this team anymore. I will get my tattoo covered up with whatever because they kept they kept shipping off quarterback they kept they shipped off this quarterback like this. You know what I mean? Like at some point enough. Do is you think do you think that if Gardner Minshew shows some promise and they were to get rid of him that the short term is more important than the long term in Jacksonville? Um, I think long term is more important when you come from a Jacksonville Jaguars perspective, especially quarterback because they just have failed Dude, I don't think they've ever really had a truly – they never had a truly a 10-year quarterback. Mark Brunel was the closest thing they could get to that, you know? Um, I mean, they, they might have had that with Bortles at one, at one point in 2017, but then they never had a truly 10-year quarterback like you see with the Patrick Mahomes, the Peyton Mannings, and the Tom Brady's of the, of the league, the Drew Brees, Phil Rivers. They never had that long-term quarterback. So I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm so, I'm so. I just don't know what to expect because I don't know. If I I don't know, man. If if, if at one point the Jaguars are tanking, I'm just like, well, what I'm if gonna... there's a regression, kind of like Baker Mayfield had in Cleveland, his second his second year getting a shot. At that point, are you supportive of them moving on? Um, but it's not always about the player; it might be the team. Those ten fumbles Gardner Minshew had last year, it might be the old line problem. So on the flip side, though, his twenty-one uh, touchdowns and six interceptions could be a wide receiver problem, so to speak. Like, like you know, you can throw the ball. Not everybody's accurate. Some of these guys have people to go up and get them. Do you see what I'm saying? So, like, as much as the fumbles could have been a deficiency in the offensive line, his 21 touchdowns could be more indicative of his receiving core than his him as a player. Yeah, and the you know the person that we know that he has the most chemistry with is DJ Chark, which yeah, for a wide receiver position. Which I don't think Gardner Minshew has accuracy problems. I think DJ Chark is. A, I think he's great. I love DJ Chark, dude. He struggled his first year in the NFL, man. I was like, dude, it's like I was like, God, dude, he can't kind of catch a ball, save his life, and then now this year he. Was altered to a Pro Bowl, which I think he should have been a Pro Bowl wide receiver. But now you have Chris Conley, Lavisca Chenault. I mean, you have really good wide receivers. I think the Jaguars are good at receivers. Not big names, but I think they're solid. Um, I thought maybe a tight end would be nice. Well, they had Tyler Eifert, but he's injury prone. But he's still good. I like Tyler Eifert. I like James O'Shaughnessy there with him. Josh Oliver from San Jose State was a nice pickup last year in the draft. Um, I think they have a lot of good players. I don't have big name players that are gonna sell tickets, but I think they got a lot of good under the radar pellet players. Uh, they're gonna need to start looking at running back. That's for sure. Because I know I, I agree with you, Leonard Fournette. This is Leonard Fournette's last year, and I am hundred percent on board to let go of Leonard Fournette next year. I think he's injury prone. He's underperformed. I mean, I, I think he's a good running back, but I don't think that I don't think he's right for the Jaguars, and I, I think he's costing way too much money. And honestly, dude, they drafted him the same year. Ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, at that point you ask yourself what could have been. I thought he was a way too way of a high draft pick. I don't think I think they were hoping for like Ezekiel Elliott type of thing. And he hasn't behaved himself either. 
No, he hasn't. He's a, he's he's not a thug. That's a horrible word to say, but he acts like a thug on the football field. I'm not. I'm saying he might be a great guy in off the off on the off the field, but he has a thug. Mentality. Are you still mad at yeah. Justin Blackman? <laughs> uh, yeah, because that dude was amazing. He just smoked. He smoked way too much pot. He was not careful with it. Um, no, dude, just dude, Justin Blackman. He was, was great. Shit. When they when they dropped him out of Oklahoma State, I'm like, damn, this dude is like, I I was so excited. I remember my dad was so excited for Justin Blackman. He was a huge, huge. He should if he would have spent as much time in the film room as he did in the back of a cop car, he would have been great. Oh, dude, no, no, yeah, dude, no, no way, yeah, no doubt for sure, dude. I mean, yeah, he was a solid. He he would still be playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars if he wasn't. I just think the Jaguars and Jaguars too. I think I think I get the Al Robinson letting go of Al Robinson, but I mean that still kind of hurts, dude. I mean Al Robinson was a good wide receiver. I just don't think Al Robinson liked Blake Bortles. So let me ask you this, and and maybe kind of switch gears here slightly. Do you think Jacksonville is geographically a tough place to for the players to be, considering you're in a tax-free state, you're surrounded by beaches. You're in the South. You're in Florida. Florida has kind of a reputation. There's a lot to do, a lot to get into. Do you think it that geographically the Jaguars are at a disadvantage just as much as, say, Miami when it comes to um, their players' focus and distractions? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I've been in Miami once. We're like an hour and a half away from Miami. The only time I was in Miami was to pick up a friend from the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really explored, which well, actually, we're gonna go to Miami this summer when when uh, well, I, I was so in Miami one time and I was at a layover in the airport and I walked out of the airport and went to find fast food and I went to a McDonald's that was right around the corner. I walked there and they gave me a stick mm-hmm. to point at the menu, like I felt like I was in another country. That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, Jacksonville, I mean, it's a different city than it is Miami. I mean, not. Different culturally wise, but still same as like I think they're still the same in the way because it's still Florida. I mean, you can say anything about Tampa Bay. You can say anything about Miami too, like you said. I mean, I don't know if they're at a disadvantage. I mean, it's a lot, there's a lot to do in Jacksonville. I'm oh, sorry, um, not everywhere in Florida. Like Naples here. I mean, there's not a lot, there's actually not a lot to do in Naples, and everything you want to do here costs way too much money. Um, but in Jacksonville, there is a lot to do, and I think the I mean, everywhere you go has some sort of like distraction. I mean, you can say thing about Aaron Hernandez being New England, how much he was close to home in Connecticut, and he got in so much trouble, you know. But but you can say that anywhere, everywhere has bad places. But I mean, Jacksonville, yeah, sort of a, a redneck, beachy kind of preppy. It's all it's a really diverse city. Yeah. Um, but I mean, overall, I I don't know if they're at a disadvantage. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if I know the answer to that or not. I feel like it's mentality, too. Like, mentality. if you got this opportunity, I feel like you should, you know, take this opportunity that you've been given. I feel like if you blow it, like, that's kind of on you. Yeah, I agree. But going back to where I might piss you off here, Craig, I think it's my sorry argument, but it's whatever I believe in it. <laughs> um, I think I think that when you talk about Baker Mayfield's regression, and you talk about, you know, hey, Baker and, and, and Gardner Mitchell, that's very similar year. Do they both wear mustaches now? Wear headbands. I mean, they're kind of the same people now. Um, but I, I, I think I, dude, you're gonna hate me. I think he's better than Baker Mayfield. 
I don't even know what to say to that. I think he is, dude. I think I don't see a reason why he's not better than Baker Mayfield. I think he is. And look, I, do you disagree with that? I, I just, I just, I think he's better. I think Gardner Minshew has more. I think he has more potential that Baker Mayfield has to offer. My opinion. Not saying Baker Mayfield's not good. He's great. Gar- if you're in the NFL, you're starting quarterback. You're you're pretty damn good at your job. But I think, I think Gardner Minshew has a lot more to offer than what Baker Mayfield has. My opinion. But I'll see your. I I feel pressure. like. I feel like the burden of proof is on you on this one. So, how so? I mean, you're talking about a guy who's really only downside is his height, which is pretty much the same as Minshew's. Um, yeah. Right. I, Baker's got a hell of a resume. I mean, we don't have much NFL to go off of for either of them. But I can right, tell right. you that in Baker Mayfield's first 14 games, which is exactly how many Minshew's played, he's got a higher quarterback rating, a higher completion percentage, and more touchdowns and less fumbles. And more yards. Right. But what, was, what was Baker Mayfield's first year? 2018. 2018. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you look at 2018 Cleveland Browns. I mean, they went – what was their record? They were like, what, 5-11? No, they yes. were 7-8-1. Okay, then you look at um, – let's see, I know they had Jarvis right. Landry as wide receiver. They had – I mean, Antonio Callaway. Eh, Rashad you know. Perriman. So, um, Rashad Perriman, you're right. Yeah, exactly. He was in Cleveland. Carlos Hyde. Um, before he was in Tampa. Um Carlos Hyde, but you look at you look at what he was surrounded by. I mean, I feel like he was surrounded by better talent. What Gardner and Minshew? Was I think by. I think the talent that Minshew has is far superior to what Cleveland had outside of Jarvis Landry. Okay. Jarvis Landry's kind of, I think he's one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. I would venture to say he's as good as Beckham, if not better. Um, but mm-hmm. the, Baker had so many things against him that year. The 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 coach insisted on playing Carlos Hyde over Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb had like only like six rushes for 400 yards and couldn't get a snap, you know, like um, uh-huh. last year was more of a disappointment and, you know, hopefully it wasn't just a sophomore slump, but, you know, I feel like through the first 14 games, the other thing you got to consider too, is that Baker Mayfield had to deal with the coaching change mid-season all right so he was able to he set the rookie passing touchdown record in 14 games um i believe he started 13 of them and in the middle of that was a coaching change and the guy calling the plays had never called plays before who was freddie kitchens and if you followed him last year um great personality love to have a beer with the guy especially while he's wearing the Pittsburgh started at t-shirt, but not, not an outstanding leader. Um, I, right. Obviously I'm going to disagree with you from a fan perspective, but to some extent, I think the statistics kind of side on my side of the fence. Tiffany. Oh, look at that um... on the spot. I don't know. I kind of 
feel like I have to agree with Craig today. <laughs> what? Sorry. No. I'm sorry. I love and you're close it, enough it, to it, smack it, her. I'm in a different on. state. <laughs> I'm not just, no, I'm like, smack her. I'm not going to have to work. I love, I love, yeah, no, yeah, no, you're good. I definitely feel like they're on the same level. Um, I just don't see. I just, I don't know. I definitely feel like Menzel has better, Mayfield, Mayfield. or sorry, yeah. Baker Mayfield has a better opportunity um, in Cleveland with who he's surrounded with. Um, I don't know. I like Gardner Minshew, and I feel like he did really well last year, but I don't know. I also feel like he's a little more hyped up than what he should be. Okay. Can we make a wager? How can we fairly make a wager on this? Like where it's it's supposed it's it's primarily based on quarterback merit, not necessarily their surrounding cast. How how do we how do we come up okay. with some indicator that we can make a wager on? Well, I mean, who who thinks more in the hot seat? The more Gardner Minshew's in the hot seat. Gardner Minshew. Listen, uh, listen, no, Gardner Minshew is way more expendable because he wasn't a number one overall pick. And right. so Baker wasn't just a first-round pick. He was a number one overall pick. And they're putting all their eggs in Baker's basket by spending all this money on Beckham and Landry. And they're going to have to pay Chubb and Garrett. They're in that Seahawks mode when they had the Legion of Boom where – they committed to Russell Wilson and they had to win a Super Bowl before paying him or else they won't be able to afford anybody else. I don't know. I feel like if you're number one pick as much as Baker Mayfield and he's live up to this hype and standards that the Browns fans, the Browns organizations are looking for, I just think that I don't know. I, I think they're honestly we can both agree they're very similar, no. is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> What? How? No. How they? Okay. I think I think that athletically, Baker Mayfield's a superior player. He's he's not just a he's not just a personality with an arm. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I feel like Mitch is a pretty big guy. And yeah. that's also a lot more weight that you have to try and move around too, as well. I mean, again, he's short, but he's a pretty big guy. Yeah, he is a big. Now, last year he, he was decent size, but now this year, like what he, kind of? He yeah, what's yeah. he weigh? So I mean, yeah, Gardner Minshew. Apparently now he weighs like two twenty five. I mean, that okay, so they're similar. Point. I don't know. He might probably put Baker's listed at two fifteen, but he's uh, he definitely carries a lot of muscle mass in his core. Like when he's got his uh football pads on, it looks like he's like his six packs busting out of his yeah, shirt, but, um, no, they're similar size. So they're both six, one, they're within five or 10 pounds of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think, I just think that, I don't know. There's, there's things I like about Baker. There's things I like about Minshew. I feel like Minshew's deep ball is, is, I think it's better than that's Baker's. Prob- that, and that's okay. I'm, I can't, yeah. I, well, I'm not trying to turn this into a Baker kind of. Gardner Minshew, but I feel like. <laughs> well, I I my kind of have yeah. So my thing that I've noticed with Gardner Minshew Minshew too is, for what I see that I feel like he needs to work on is he scrambles all over the place. 
Yeah, he does. Gardner Minshew does He's run like a lot. He's like scrambling all over the place, and then he just tries to get rid of the ball. I think this is what I think. I think I think Baker Mayfield is a good, better drop pack passer than what Gardner is. Gar- they're both pretty mobile though. They they both make plays out. They make mo- play, mo- make plays out of nothing, like Tiff said too. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying. To, I just said like these two are very comparable to talk about. I mean, I'm not. I, 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 I mean, like I'm. I'll be honest. Like I just said, Gardner Mitchell, Brandon Baker, be able to get it right out of you, just to see what you will say. Um, but I mean, I think they're both similar. I both think they're not. They're not the same, but I feel like there are similar in a way. And I feel like not every quarterback is going to be different. I think every quarterback is the same, but there are also going to be similarities between them. I just think that, like, I think you are right. I think the, ja- the Jaguars. I mean, overall, we're talking about, I mean, look, if they decide to tank and, honestly, if Gardner Minshew isn't what he is, and honestly, then, yeah, I'm, I, I proved myself wrong. I'm wrong. That's cool. That's fine. I don't mind being wrong. But, like, I think, for me, coming from a Jaguars fan standpoint, is I just wish we – I just want a solid foundation as a quarterback. Maybe, I mean, that's what any fan base wants. I, I don't necessarily disagree that Minshew's the answer. I just don't think he's going to get his chance. Right. I think it's out of his hands. I think it's out of his coach's hands. Yeah. I think that organization is intent on allowing their team to tank with a fan favorite at QB so you're not so mad at them. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, you know, which is yeah. an interesting way to look at it. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of people that think that same thing, but I am rooting for Gardner Minshew. I don't know anything about his deep ball. I'll be honest. I didn't watch him as much as I obviously watch Baker. Um, but, uh, you know, I I hope he succeeds simply for um, Baker and Gardner are two of the best personalities at quarterback in the NFL. And I think it would be hilarious exactly. to get him into the same room. Um, the trolling that they do of the media and the way that they – portray themselves in a carefree way where they literally don't give a fuck what anybody thinks is is awesome no, to me because you want your quarterback to not give a fuck what anybody thinks to just go out and try to throw touchdowns not to sit back be quiet and try not to throw interceptions which is a completely different thing um you know and i hope that we see these guys for a long time both of them like I said, I'm a I'm a Gardner Minshew fan. Yeah, I just can't get on I can't get on the Minshew over Mayfield bandwagon. <laughs> no, I don't expect you to either. I just like to, I just I just I know you're a lot like me, so I knew I would say something stupid. All right. Well, now that we have our but, first fight out um, of the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, now, now we got our first fight, Craig. Anyway, um, but no, I think that um, yeah, no, I I agree with I I think Mayfield's. I, I wish Mayfield made for the best as a starting quarterback and have a long-term solution for Cleveland, which I think he is. And But my thing is, like, do you guys think that if the Jaguars tank, but Minshew still gets better, do you think it's a, it's a favor done to him going somewhere else and getting a better chance to start? Yeah, I, I mean, so. if – let's say the Jaguars tank, whether it's on perfect purpose or not. Let's say they get a top five pick in the draft yeah. and not the number one. If they don't land Lawrence, if I'm Minshew, I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. You know? Um, right. Actually, in any scenario under that circumstance, if they're in a top five pick, if I'm Minshew, I'm like, all right, send me someplace with, you know, where you're, where, that's going to allow me to succeed. Um, 
maybe I'm reading it wrong, but uh, you know, the Jaguars, I just feel like with some of the decisions they made um, that they're, they're in a hardcore rebuild stage. No, I agree. I agree. I, agree. I think that, um, yeah, I think not dumb, not getting rid of Doug Marone shows the sort of thing. Um, David Caldwell, their GM, I think they're not getting rid of him. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Sean Conn might not be a good owner. I don't know. But, I mean, um, from what I'm not firing Doug Marone, they, and you're, reading, you're, you're reading the room right. I think from what I've read, Tiffany's read, from what you're feeling too and what you research, I think that is that is a lot of the Jaguars' intention. That's why all these analysts are raking him dead-ass last yeah, because yeah. they think that um, um, – that they're going to take for sure. So my thing is that this is the ideal situation for me um, um, for the Jags. I mean, look, if, they're, if you're a Jags or quarterback, whatever, um, I think you take – look, Jags, they, if they knew Gardner Mitch is the answer, they take, they take and get Trevor Lawrence. If they can land Trevor Lawrence, awesome, great. You know, I would love – to have Trevor Lawrence the Jaguars fan. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if Gardner isn't the answer, I mean, look, it took me a while to get off the Bortles bandwagon. At one point, I was like, okay, this isn't our guy. And it's not to say, I love Bortles and I want to cheer for him, but he, at one point, I was like, okay, this isn't our guy. And I didn't move on from that. At one point, do I have to say about Gardner Minshew? I don't know. I hope he stays, and I hope the Jaguars find a long-term quarterback in him, and I hope he continues to grow, and the Jaguars become better, and they do that. My thing is that, look, my two things I've seen the Jaguars offseason, okay? Is if they do decide to tank, and if we're all and you're right, Craig, and they don't live up to expectation, Gardner Minshew goes in the story. They go into the draft to get Trevor Lawrence. Okay, that is a once in a lifetime decade quarterback, no doubt. Okay, my thing is I think they should go after the defensive coordinator for the um, 49ers, Robert Salah. That is my head. That's coach that is the I guy want. you want. And and honestly, when the Browns were doing their coaching search this year, he was one of the two fil- finalists, which was Kevin Stefanski, who ultimately got hired for the Browns, and Robert Salah, which was um the second choice, so to speak. He didn't get the offer, but he was clearly uh the other front runner. Um I would have been just as stoked for him as I was Stefanski. Um, if you could, that well, he was he was in Jacksonville for two years, and I think him coming back. If they do that, guy, whoever he lands time. with, is going to be incredibly successful. Which I think it will be Jacksonville if that. If you get Salah and they go with this rebuild, let's just play worst case scenario. Say say the Jaguars. They tank this year, or maybe they don't tank. They, they're just not very good. They get the first overall pick. If somehow you score Salah and Trevor Lawrence, you're going to be set for a decade. And, and maybe it's tough. It's very tough when you get attached to your quarterback who's you know the leader of your team, um, which Baker Mayfield's kind of the first one in Cleveland since like Derek Anderson that I've – been like all right this is the guy to please don't let this guy go you know um yeah he's it 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 gets tough at that point but i think that you'll be able to forgive them if you were to end up with lawrence and salah i'm just saying yeah if, if 
if they got rid of Minshew and they ended up with Lawrence and Salah, and they draft the top, they have the top running back when they get someone at free agency or how they get it, and they're kind, of, they're they're kind of on the way to slowly kind of rebuilding that defense again with uh, LeSean, I don't know how to pronounce his name from LSU. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, with Joe Schobert, who actually reminds me of a Paul Puzzler. Schobert's going to be um, a quiet core has... key player in your defense. Right. I agree. And then you have uh, C.J. Henderson for Florida, who never, whoever, whoever might have gotten the other side for Florida. Yeah, they have C.J. Henderson as a potential, um, like, runner for uh, Ramsey's okay. position. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So right now they have Trey Herndon on the other side, which I mean he's doing a good job, but Clavon I think Clavon Chasen. Yeah, I was trying to say same. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think I think they're a slow rebuild their off their defense. I think their offense. I think I think they're both wide receivers. I like DJ Charles. I like Lavisca Le- Chenault. They got. I like um, Tyler Eifert. They have tight end. I love James O'Shaughnessy. I think he's one of the underrated tight ends in the NFL. Um, I like. Um, Chris Conley. I think they got talent. I think they have potential. And I, I honestly thought last year was going to be a lot worse. When they pulled got down and Gardner Mishu came in, I was like, here we go again. I was like, shit. I was like, damn. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I'm, about, I'm about to just lose it. Anyway, um, I think that that happens. That is going to be something very – that might be another a, a Brady Belichick scenario with Salah and Lawrence. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but could you see something like that? I'm not saying Jaguars will win six Super Bowls, but could you see something like that? Like, better than Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Better than Kyle Shanahan and Garoppolo. You know, uh, stuff like that. Reid and Mahomes is going to be tough to beat. Um, that's a really tough one to throw out there. But I think that the potential is there. I, I think you're more along the lines of uh, Donovan McNabb and Andy Re- and Andy Reid, or um, yeah. you know, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and those are those are some huge names that are very big shoes to fill. Uh, but somebody's eventually going to mm-hmm. fill them, and I don't see why Salah couldn't be the guy. I agree. Um, no, there's. I think when you have a team like this going to rebuild mode. I honestly think too. I think any team's a what if. I think I honestly believe like Jaguars are going to be a big what if team next year. This is going to be what if season. I guarantee you. For Tiff being a Packers fan, one or two years from now, when Aaron Rodgers might go, yeah. we're, we're going to have the same conversation about what if. You know. So when this things happen, we look at a team. We're like, oh shit, what if? You know. Which I think uh, Savansky was a great hire for Cleveland, by the way, too. Um, so. I think the Cleveland. I think the Cleveland Browns. If we're gonna go to the Cleveland Browns again, I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think they'll get that seven. I think they'll get that seven spot. I think they will make it in there. I I do think so. Some way they will. The Jaguars. I don't see them making the playoffs. That's coming from a fan. It hurts to say because you always want your team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But um, look, if this happens, if they rebuild next year, and they this happens, we're all predicting. I don't know. I'm gonna be happy for sure. So I've and been saving so, a story for this podcast and it's really not very significant other than it was kind of interesting or kind of cool that it happened, but I've been within five feet of your owner before it was very interesting. So, really? and, and this is all, he lives in, the, he? he lives in Naples too. By so the way. this is all stuff yeah. you can Google. 
and and my memory is actually very very uh vivid of this as far as timeline wise so i worked for a company out of high school before i started on my professional career i worked at a uh injection molding plastics plant and back in 2008 uh mr khan's company flexing gate purchased our plant and there was one day we didn't know what was going on and normally I would like have my little workstation next to this machine that would spit out plastic parts and I'd trim them and sort them and make sure they looked good and stuff like that. And uh, normally I had a radio and I would blare my music because, you know, uh, it was like an afternoon evening shift when the office people weren't in. So they allowed us to do that. And they told us when we got there, no radios, make sure everything's clean and perfect and you know, my manager literally walked around with a white glove and, and tried to find dust. And mind you, this was in a manufacturing facility. Um, I look up and I have no idea who this guy is, but I see this mustache. Okay. And this guy smells like money. Like you could feel the wealth on this guy from 10 feet away. He just had this interesting aura about him, if that makes sense. And I had no idea who he was. And uh, turns out he, he was doing a walkthrough because they were buying the company. And after I saw his name, uh, there was rumors of layoffs and things switching and this and that and the other. So I Googled him and and he had a very recognizable mm. name. And then it wasn't, what year did he buy the Jaguars? I was, it was like 2011, 2012. It's when they changed that uniform. When I saw that, I was like, helmets. holy shit, I've been within 10 feet of this guy. Like, the the That's impression that, that is crazy that I felt not talking to him, not making eye contact with him because I was scared to death uh, with, you know, right. this presence that this guy had. Um, it was just an overwhelming yeah. experience I'll never forget. I know that's kind of anticlimactic because I didn't talk to him or anything like that, but it's one of those things you're like, holy shit. I'm, I, I stood next to the owner of the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars one time. <laughs> that, it, it, it was pretty cool. That is super cool. Well, so all these, that is super sweet. Cause like, I mean, I guarantee the guy who of his stature as well. Yeah. You're going to feel his presence for sure. It's just something about the way they portray themselves. And then like, um, I was at Aldi's one time, and it's right down the street from us. I had to gra- grab a few things. I was wearing a Jaguar t-shirt. The cashier was like, hey, you know the owner? You guys' owner lives in Naples. I'm like, what? So I was like, what? Really? I was like, I didn't know that. So I looked, I went on Wikipedia. It lives in Naples, but it lives in, like, Port Royal, which is, like, what's it called? Super high-end. Is it called Millionaire's Row or Billionaire's Row or something like that? It's called something, right? No. no. Port Royal. Port Royal. What well, does a nickname for it, wasn't there? No. I'm new to Naples. Just let me <laughs> just let you know. I don't know this. <laughs> no. um, anyway, but people who have a shit ton of money live there. Like yeah. it's like what it's like it's like third highest square footage of like millionaires or billion, something like that. Billionaires yeah. in the world. I mean, that's like when US you see those right? lists on Yahoo of like the so, wealthiest zip codes in the U.S. No, but I remember yeah. looking at this it's guy's like suit, thinking damn, that suit probably costs more than the house I live in. Like, it's it's crazy. But I, I, I thought you'd uh, think that was kind of funny. And, uh, you know, especially because it's a guy you're familiar with. A lot of people don't pay attention to the owners, but I think it's kind of cool to actually know the owners, what they do, how they got there, and, and, and things like that. 
very wealthy man for sure. Well, probably my opinion, probably one of the wealthiest owners in NFL. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I think. I think if we're gonna go back, and that's. I mean. I, I mean. Honestly, like I would love to shake Mr. Contan. I think he. I would love. To, I would do. I would love to sit down with him and pick his brain for like five hours. Like, I, there's so many questions I would ask him. Would you say um, I must ask you honestly, a question? Would you say Would I must say? ask you a question? I must ask you a question. <laughs> oh, dude, I get that. What's that da- <laughs> I like the dad joke. <laughs> dude, I would honestly use that. He's probably, he's probably heard that before. I'm not being gonna lie. Um, but that's super cool, man, because that man probably has some sort of presence. He probably never felt a presence of a human being, hopefully besides your own wife. Rather, Yeah, than, and it, it was a different you know kind I mean? of presence. Like, like, I've had... Right. You're right. Like, you're like, oh man, I'm going to make a lot like, of Like, I wasn't like, <laughs> because he's not like a celebrity, so to speak, he carried himself in a different way. Like, when I met, and I told you the story, when I met Joe Thomas um, at an event uh, this past mm-hmm. winter, like, I didn't feel like this guy was on a different planet. It was super cool. And I was like starstruck in a different way, but it wasn't like, uh, you smell like money or you look like money. Like he, he was very yeah. down to earth and things like that. This was a different kind of different kind of presence. It, it, it was, it was very interesting. I can't even describe it. Did you see, I don't know if show me this, but did you see that ultimate, what's it called? Oh, Titan show? games. Yeah. Joe Thomas on. Oh yeah. That was really cool. That was, he went up against a spider fighter and the firefighter fell behind and it literally came down. Joe to like Thomas a is a monster. Like and mind turn. you, the, yeah. the man can't even yeah, run his, he, if, if it wasn't for oh, yeah. his, some of his, uh, the wear and tear he took, um, in that feat that he had for consecutive snaps, which was 10,600 or something, it's a, it's still a record. Um, He's got really bad knees, and I listen to his podcast, and and supposedly he can't run, and some days he still has trouble getting out of bed. But if you put a picture of him now oh next to a picture of him when he was a player, you're gonna see you're gonna yeah, see different. much different. He he's a big advocate of the ketogenic diet, and he's huge into lifting and working out. So the guy is like now like less than ten percent body fat and just an absolute beast, and in his podcast um he was actually talking about like how he was looking for something like this to do but he kept telling his agent i can't run i can't run i can't run find me something i don't need to run for because all these other shows wanted him on and he did this obstacle course and he didn't think he was going to do very good at it but um he just he just keeps going it's crazy it is pretty cool that would Tim show me all the time. I was like, oh man, I was like, whatever, crash something. Because yeah, he's a massive dude. This firefighter, that dude was jacked, but he was like, what, like 5'9, 5'10? Yeah, he was, yeah, under six foot. Yeah. Yeah, and this dude was like, they had to go through the same height and everything. Joe Thomas was squeezing himself all the way in there. Um, I thought that was pretty cool too. But um, I think recapping this, I know this was mostly about Tines and Jags, but obviously we made more of a Jags because Tines are just, I don't know, just irrelevant <laughs> in my opinion. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I just, I just think, I just think this year is going to be such a, 
I don't know. It's going to be, you just don't know what's coming. You never know. They can have a successful year. They can surprise a lot of people or they can just, or they can go to where everybody's pains are and, and tank and rebuild. So we'll, we'll see. I think as more of a year comes for all of our teams, for my team, your team, for Tiff's team, we're going to start, we're, this conversation might be different yeah. halfway through the season. And this conversation might be different too for next year when the Jaguars rebuild or if they're successful or if for Tiff in two years when Aaron Rodgers leaves and, Jordan Love is it's gonna be such a weird it's gonna be a weird conversation we're gonna be having for sure. Or if Baker Mayfield and the Browns make the playoffs, they get deep and you know, we'll we'll see what what happens. So but I'm excited for the season. I'm always excited for Jacksonville's football season. I'm always excited for football season and uh I think we're all just ready for any sort of like football going on. Yeah, I agree. All right, well next week we have the NFC South, which is the Saints, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, and the Falcons. So stay tuned for that next week. As always, as French said, we look forward to 